praise the Lord. We're going to read from the book of Ruth once again. Today, na kusoma na te mchitabo echarusi. Ruth chapter two, Lucy sura ya kubiri, verse one, runyiri orusoka to twelve, paka kurekumine bidi. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elmelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabites said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her harp was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elmelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord be, the Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers whose damsel is this. And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you. Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So that, uh, so she came and has continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence. But abide here first by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. And go thou after them. Go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. And how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and art come unto a, poop, a people which thou knewest not here. Here to, to, here to fall. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel and whose wings thou art come to trust. Mm -hmm. You may read 
Aorosi omuabu na gamba na uminti kangende kakano munimiro nonde kubidimba vya saidi ngangobiliroyo anangkwatiwa echisa na mugamba antigenda mwana wange na agenda na jana alonda munimiro abakonguzi webaise niroro watuka na sange chitundu echeni miro echa boazi yaliwa wamuchikacha elimeleki Ilalaba boa zinava ebesu dekemu na gamba bakungu zinti mukama aberena mwe. Neba muda munti mukama akuwa mkisa. Boa zinagambo mudwe yalia kunguza abakungu zinti. Omu walo ono yani. Omudu yalia kunguza abakungu zinadamu na yogeranti. Ono yemuwala omu mwabu. Yakoma one na ume okuwa mwansi ya mwabu. Na yogeranti nonde mbega ili deku. Mkunganye abakunguzi webaise mubinywa. Awonaja era asibye wano obwencha okutusa kakano. Wabulanga ingideko munyumba katono. Awoboa zinario kagamba rusinti tourida mwana wange. Togenda anga kulonda munimiro endala. Suto vanga wano na ye overenga wano okumpi naba wala bange. Amaso gogabe kunimiro jenaba kungulanga nawe obagobereranga siku siku tide balenzi obutakukomanga ko edenyonta bwene kulumanga ogendanga wali ensua nonywa kwago abalenzi gebasenye awo navunama amasoge nakutama namugamba nti chichie chikunda biza echisa mu masogo gwe okunenka nyanze kubanga ndi munagwanga Boazi na damu na mugamba nti. Bambu lirada vyona vyawaka koze. Nyazara wo valo kasuka afa. Ela waleka chitawo nenyoko. Nensi jiwazari luamu. Nojamu vantu vyawari tomanyiko. Mokama akusasuli le emilimujo. Elowe we empeda etabula ko. Mokama katona wa israeli. Gwewe yuna wansi webe wawati lovye. Awonayo geranti ndabe chisa mumasogo mukama wange kubango nsanyo siza ila kubango yogede. Nomuzana webe chisa ni wakwadenga siringo mu kubazana bo. Praise the Lord. Mukama atendirizibwe. This is the third service we are sharing on the story of Ruth. Eno service ya kusatumatuo gira kubikuata kurusi. You may be seated wherever you are. Mutuleko yonajemuri. Yes, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that God blesses you. We are anxious to meet one of these days. Which we believe the Lord will grant us grace to meet. Praise God. Uh, this story of, of Ruth is one of the most outstanding stories of the Bible that show the church and Jesus Christ. Uh, I call this sharing Ruth the true disciple. Or Ruth, the true believer. Yeah, we saw, we have already seen what happened. How this family of the Jew 
the Jews of a man called Elmelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons left the promised land as a reason of the famine and they went to Moab. That was a big mistake on their part. Because God has put the Jews in that land. The children of Abraham. When God called Abraham. Come out of your people. Come out of your family. Come out of your kindred. Follow me to a land that I will show you. And God took him. To that place. And Abraham was to possess that place, that land, and his children, and his descendants. And Abraham and his descendants can only be blessed as long as they stay in that place. And we say there is a type to that. The church must remain in the word. The church must remain in the power of the Holy Spirit. Worshiping and praising in the Holy Spirit. Anything that takes you out of the word of God. To a life, that, to a behavior that is contrary to the word. Has taken you from Canaan. And it has taken you to another strange country. Strange land, strange kingdom. It may be Moab. It may be Egypt. It may be Babylon. Whichever it is. As long as you're outside the Canaan land, you are in the wrong place and you will not be blessed. Actually, you will suffer troubles. Amen. Amen. So that's what happened to this family. But at the same time, all things work together for good. To them that love God. God is elect. Even when they are in mistake, it becomes uh, uh, there is something good that comes from it. Because uh, although they went out of the promised land and they suffered and a lot of losses but here comes in Ruth Ruth makes the whole a sad story a blessing in disguise yeah we saw this uh, lady Ruth her special character it reveals, it, is, uh, it, it stands more in her decision. I have preached about this story. And it has been revealed to me more than, uh, I think, uh, I mean so deeply. About a believer making a very difficult decision. 
Yeah, it is not easy. Sichangu to make the decisions that we have made. Okolo kusara wo kwetuakola. We the believers Farakiriza. to follow Christ. Okugobirira Christu. To follow the word. Okugobirira ichigambo. The Bible calls it the straight and narrow way. Bible eriite kube eriakanyigere funda. To struggle struggling okufuba to press through the straight and narrow way. It's not easy. But that is the way to life. Jesus said, He that would want to be my disciple and hateth not his father and hateth not his mother and his brothers and hateth himself to come and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. You see, that's a very hard decision to make. You hate your father. You hate your mother. You hate your siblings. You hate yourself. Come and follow him. Because those elements, they are always an obstacle. So when God called Abraham, he required him to leave his father, his mother, his brothers and sisters and his nephews and everyone to walk with God alone. On the journey, he made a mistake. Find first, he moved out his father. But the story says his father died on the way. And when he died, that was now when problem you know, gone. You mean a father dies, uh, you say that was a problem gone? Yes. Abraham could only be blessed as long as he didn't have those people. They were his people. He treasured them. Like we treasure our people. Like we treasure them. They can even be idols in our hearts. But God don't want us to have any idols in our hearts. He calls us to follow him alone. A hard decision. So when the father died in the journey, you know that was gone. And then he remained with his nephew. Lot, Luti, you know he had come with all this, uh, with all this, with those two. His father, and then his nephew. Lot. Then of course we don't count, uh, we don't count Sarah, because Sarah is his wife. And someone's wife is one person with him. The two shall be one So when God calls a man, he calls his wife as well. Now, 
Kati. The two are gone. I ah. mean, uh, uh, the father is gone. Chitawe. He proceeds Navao. on with Lot. Lot, Brother Branham says, Brother Branham uses this American expression. He says he was a hair in the biscuit. He was a hair in the soup. Yeah, meaning he was a contamination in this calling in, the, in, the, in this calling of Abraham. Lot was a, 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 a contamination. He was not supposed to be there. He was a hair in the soup. Because Abraham must be alone. And then uh, uh, as they stayed together with the Lord, the Bible says they always lived in conflict. Not the two, but their shepherds. They used to fight all the time. And their fight would draw these two into the, the problem. And so God, it's God who always tired those conflicts. Because if he has to fulfill his purpose in Abraham, he must not have Lot. Lot hanging on him. So, it reached a time where they could not stay together anymore. Abraham's heart was very tired of that strife. And one day he tells Lot, choose where you go. If you go east, I'll go west. If you go west, I'll go east. But separate. And that day they separated. Lot was to make his choice first. He chose where he chose. And then Abraham remained with the other part that even didn't look very green, didn't look very Amen. Amen. And then the Bible says that then God appeared to Abraham after he had separated with Lot. And he said, now lift up your eyes. The far your eyes will go. I have given it to you. So, this whole story shows also when we are called the things that come hanging on us that we came with from the world. We treasure them. May the Holy Spirit help you to, to, to pinpoint at them that are there in your life hanging on you that must die in your life so that you remain free you and God alone. So when Lord separated from 
from him. Then God appeared to him again. Now he affirmed, he assured to him his promise. You're going to have it now. He had already promised to him that land. But he was not going to possess it as long as Lot was there. So God also has great and tremendous promises to you. But if you are to possess them, there, there has to be a separation from uh, you with the world. There are things that must live your life for those promises to come true. Because God's word calls for a total separation. Amen. So, uh, Brother Branwen was speaking about that. I've just strayed in that uh, inspiration. But I believe God, is, God has a purpose. Yeah, to just uh, make this, uh, 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 this idea of uh, separation or the, the seriousness of the decision to make it to make it more real. Uh, that's why I believe I've gone into that story. Yes. So then Brother Bram said Brother Branham Gamba that uh, there are things that God has promised you that you will never see. You will never touch. You will never possess until there is a total separation. And you have obeyed him to separate with things. There is many times when the church is choosing their pastor, they want to choose someone who is a six footer who has broad chest who has a uh, black uh, uh, he said uh, black uh, hair with waves that kind of a man and who wears a tusudo suit they choose someone that is so handsome and so presentable. But God's choice is for separators. He, men who can preach the gospel that will separate us from the world. The more we are separated from the world, the more God we shall have. We shall see. So, those decisions are not easy. Look at Abraham's decision. It wasn't going to be easy. Separate from your people. Everyone, separate them. Look at Jesus' gospel. Whoever wants to be my disciple, let your father, mother, siblings, and hate yourself. You come and follow me. Difficult decision. 
difficult decision. Yeah, because we love our mothers, we love our fathers, we love our brothers and sisters. We love ourselves, but now hate it. In that there should not be idols in your life. They should not, be, they should not block you. Hate it. If you are to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, Ruth made such a decision. Because she was going to leave her father, her mother, her brothers and sisters, her country, and then follow uh, Naomi. And Naomi has already showed her that uh, that decision she was making to follow her was not uh, profitable to her in the things of the flesh. Remember when he was discouraging her. She said, actually it was then because at that time Opa was still there. He said, Nagamba, those men who should inherit, uh, inherit you should be kinsmen. And that means, uh, I have to produce such men for you. And now you see, I'm too old. But if a miracle took place now, yes, that I get children, that I, that I get pregnant tonight, would you wait for those children? Even if I got two twins, would you wait for them till they mature to marry you? In other words, following me is a disaster for you. Meaning you'll never marry. But if you stay here in Moab, you have chances of marrying around. But that discouragement, he was showing them how it is difficult for them in the flesh. She did not show them in the spirit. She showed them in the flesh. Because people, human beings, normally mind about the flesh. Not about the spirit. And many people are feeling the churches today. They come looking for fleshly things. Promises of prosperity. Healing. Prosperity. Marriage. Blessings. They are going to be okay. In this world. That's all they look they look at. But those things pass away. They are minors. We cannot measure on the minors. Jesus said the heathens they crave 
They suffer for those things. Your heavenly father knows that you too need them. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Those things shall be added. So, Naomi discouraged her. You will not marry. You will not marry. There's no possibility. Meaning in the flesh, you're going to lack, you're going to suffer. And when Opa had that discouragement, like the young rich ruler, she turned her back and went away. She kissed her goodbye and turned her back and went away. It made a lot of sense to her. Salvation was a burden. It was such a heavy burden. She felt a relief now. But not Ruth. Ruth made her decision. She said, God forbid that I can leave you. I'm going with you. What you eat, I will eat. Where you sleep, I will sleep. Whatever you suffer, I will suffer Where you die, I will die there. Whatever will kill you, will kill me. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. And that was the main point to her. She wanted the God of this family, the God of the children of Israel, to be her God, regardless of what price, what sacrifice, whatever she suffered, if she can have that God, because she has heard the story of the family. How, a how, how their God is. The God of Israel. That's all she wanted. Now that's the heart of a true believer. That's the heart of a true disciple of Jesus Christ. You want God to be your father. You want a good relationship with God. It's a great opportunity. To be called to serve God. To be called to be united with God as a father and a child. To know the God of Abraham, the creator of the heavens, heavens and the earth, is the greatest opportunity than anything on this world. You see, uh, Brother Bram said, Brother Branham Yagamba, if you if God ever knocked at your heart, Katonda singa shame upon you if 
you never hid and followed him. For it's the greatest privilege that can ever happen. There is that quote in the word. Why? Not all people on earth get that that cock that knock of God. We have preached the gospel. You preach to people and they just gaze at you. And they mock and walk away. You make an open air crusade. And people in the neighborhood there, they are playing a pool. They are drinking or playing pool. And the gospel, however anointed it will be, it seems not to touch them. It seems to to, to be to be void to them. It's like God is not saying anything. But to you that hungers and thirsts for God, then when the gospel is preached, you feel that conviction to surrender your life fully to God. You can Take it for granted. You can think it's a simple, it's a common thing. But I won't tell you it is not. It is a rare privilege. And it's of great, great, great value. Amen. Amen. So, let us look at this Ruth. She decided, not looking at the things of the flesh. You see, when God called us, I can only talk about my calling because I know. I know what was in my heart. I didn't even expect even favors. In, on physical things. No. I was so surrendered. I was so determined to follow him. Whether poverty, whether suffering, whether rejection, whether persecution, whether it means death, I was so determined. It's him that I needed. In him alone. That is what was in my heart. And I know that is what is in the heart of a true calling. You're not seeking any favors. You're not seeking any pampering. You're not seeking anything that is carnal. You want Jesus. You want a closer walk. A real relationship with him. To know him is life. But as we decide to follow him that way. He's not 
restricted. He is not reserved from giving us even good things. One time his disciples asked him, what shall we be given? We who left, we left our families. We left our businesses. We left, we left. We left things. And we followed you. What shall we be given? But you know, they didn't. They did not ask that in the beginning of the following. They were willing to freely leave. Leave things. But somewhere, as he talked, he taught to others that they have to leave everything. So they remember that they, are also, they left a lot. They said, what shall we be given? Paul said when he counts what he, le- he, he lost. He, lo- he said he lost a lot. He sacrificed a lot. But he said he counts it to be done. So then Jesus told them, No man left his father mother, brothers and sisters, business and things, that shall not be given back a hundredfold. Here on earth and in the life after. Now, when Ruth made that serious decision to follow Naomi, having heard that it is impossible even to ever marry, it is impossible for her to have, you know, you know, a future. A good future physically. We see she was rewarded. In her journey, you know, it is divided in three stage, in four stages. The first stage is Ruth making a decision. That serious. Decision. The other stage is Ruth serving. The other stage, the third one is Ruth resting. The fourth one is Ruth rewarded. She was rewarded. Praise God. It was not all loss. Actually, she was rewarded more than what she lost. She was rewarded what she didn't even expect. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we are going to this today to look more on uh, Ruth serving. We have seen Ruth making decisions. And we're going to look at Ruth serving today. Praise God. Now, I want you to listen to this quote. And then notice, life was hard for her. And it's hard after you become a Christian. Because 
you got to adjust yourself from one life of gaiety and pleasures of the world to another life of consecration to God. You've got to adjust yourself over into this side. Now that element, that phrase, that phrase, has to be there in your Christian journey. After you decide to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you get baptized. Now there is the difficult uh, phase. Adjust yourself. You adjust yourself. You imagine someone who has a a group of friends who plan where to go next. Tomorrow is a weekend. The other day we were this way. Where are we going this time? They have places of entertainment by the lakeside, by different clubs, by the different waters, and they go and carry on. They drink, they dance, they have love with girls and boys. And now, you leave all that. And now, you come into an adjustment. A life of adjustment. Having forsaken the other life. Now you're adjusting. From the pleasures of the world. To a life of consecration. To God. Now you're going to be prayerful. Now you're going to be fasting. Now you're going to read the word. Now you're going to attend church. Yes, now you're going to live a life of consecration That's why the Bible calls it a death. You are dead with Christ. The old man has been crucified. You cannot be born again until the old is dead. There is no seed that germinates until the old seed has died and rotten. That's when life, new life can come. You see, that even baptism itself, you see, John. John the Baptist was baptizing at Jordan. All of us were baptized at Jordan. Because the word Jordan means death. 
death. Jordan means death. You have to die first. And when you die, you are buried. Amen. Amina. The old man is crucified. You get him to the cross. And you crucify him. He dies. Then a new life comes. Amen. Amina. That's what it means. Now that adjustment is death. You die. The old person has to die. Then new life comes. More. Those who want to remain alive and come in the water alive and we baptize them alive. The only politician is still alive. The only club goer is still alive. The old adulterer is still alive. The old man is still alive. Those that is like burying a, a, a non-dead person. And that is putting down in water a dry sinner. And getting out a wet sinner. You see Jesus said. The kingdom of God. Is like a fisherman who threw his net in the sea and he made a catch. The catch involved fish, it involved flogs, it involved tadpoles, it involved snakes. And Pull them to the shore. And when it was in the shore, at the shore, the rest are released back. He remains with a fish. And you understand that once fish is out of the water, it dies. But these other creatures, they remain alive. You see? It dies. So a true believer, when he comes to Christ, the old person dies. And then a new life is born in him. So Ruth here had to adjust. When, amen. Yeah. Uh, and Ruth had to adjust herself from being in a land where plenty, where plenty to eat. Everything respected. To a people that was laughing, making fun of her. In the land she gleaned in the field for what she ate. But in her scarf, put it in her scarf and take it home and beat it out and make some bread. And her and her mother-in-law Eight. Now in the scripture we have seen that there was a, a relative a very close relative 
to the family of Almerik, whose name was Boaz. And when Ruth was now in this strange, strange land to but her, she noticed work that was going on. It was gleaning time. And she decided to, to start working in the in the plantation Munimiro. in the field Munimiro. of this kinsman. Praise God. So she joined there. She started gleaning. Gleaning, struggling to have something to eat. And what her mother-in-law can also eat. She had to labor for it. Amen. Amen. What an adjustment. When she was there, they came to find out while she was gleaning or going to glean. Now she made her decision. That was her deciding. The The next thing she has to do is serve. And that's what the church has to do. The church, after making your decision, you have to serve. Serve God according to his diagram. According to his blueprint. You must serve God. Amen. When you come to Christ, you don't just come to Christ to relax and wait to go to heaven. You serve. Praise God. You serve. That is now a very important part that I want us to look at. Ruth serving. And remember the person she is serving in whose field she is serving. He was a kinsman and is the one who ended up redeeming her. Amen. Amina. Now, our kinsman redeemer is Jesus Christ. When we come to Jesus Christ, we have to serve in the field of him who is to redeem us. Praise God. So that's what it is. You come to serve. The next thing after you have come is to serve God. Many times when people come to the message, especially sisters, they start wondering, but pastor, what can we do also to serve God? I've been asked that question. What can we do to serve God? You see, they imagine that uh, serving God is maybe preaching, 
And they see brothers are the ones preaching. The others are the ones who are deacons. And then they are wondering, what about us? What can we do? We need also to serve. We used to serve God in Pentecostals. What shall we do now? Now, I really respect someone who can come with such a question, with such a concern. What what can we do to serve God? Yeah, because... Uh, when you come to the Lord and you don't think about how about serving him, there, there is a problem. There will be a problem. When you come to the Lord, you come to serve. And uh, most of them who have come from Pentecostals, it's a good thing they think that way. Because they have come from a place where they are enthusiastic about serving God. Now, I want to tell you something there. Truly, truly, there is something that Pentecostals have. They are enthusiastic. They want to serve God. And they want to find any way where they can serve God. And knowing that their reward is in heaven. So, uh, we've been, uh, we have been faced with those questions. Especially from sisters. Can we form a choir? Can we song lead? Can we do this? Now, there are many aspects where we serve God. And I'm saying that I respect that mind. That mind that comes and they are seeking where to serve God. There is a quote I'm looking for, but I, 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 I can't find it immediately. But let me say it offhand. It's from the message expectations where Brother Branham said of Anna, Brother Branham, who lived in the temple. And he says, she served God in fasting and praying. That was a service to the Lord. And intercessions. That is serving God. The field of our kinsman is so big. It's so wide. It's not only preaching on the pulpit. But it has so many sections. Someone who is preaching like I'm doing is serving God. That is one side. The brother there that is translating 
He is committed to his work. And it's a service to the Lord. The song leader here is serving God. These brothers and sisters who are, in, who are handling the, the who are covering this service. Every service they are here at their post of duty and working in the field of the Lord. Someone who is praying and fasting for the success of the ministry. He is doing a great service to the Lord. So the Bible talks of the different gifts and different administrations. He said, Some are called. To, 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 to givings. Some are called to administration. Those are deacons. Trustees. And, and then others gifts of faith. Healing. Others teaching. So many, so many aspects. Now someone who gives his money to the ministry so that the ministry can move. He is serving God. I've always taught and believed that every day, whatever you're doing, you're doing the service of the Lord. Even when you wake up and you got your place of work, you're going to serve God. Your place of work is a place of serving. It's a post of duty to God. Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a mechanic, accountant, you're employed, even a housewife. That is a service to the Lord. Because uh, somewhere Brother Bram said, you serve God as you serve your husband. So a married woman, when she's serving that servant of God, she's serving her husband, she should realize by doing that, she is serving God. Amen. You're serving home, taking care of the children, take care of the of your husband, wash his clothes and his clothes, making life easy for him. When you do that, you are serving God. Amen. Amen. Because this that you're serving is a servant of the Lord. And when he goes to work, when he's stress-free, the work he's doing there, you know, he's serving God. He's a testimony in the place. And not only a testimony in the place, the money she's making, God has a share. 
Katonda azirina mko omugabo. We read a quote some time back. Mwega kutwa sumo kunoko. Where Brother Bram said we are partners with God. Brother Bram we are gambiran tuliba kozi wamune katonda. In your business, mumirimujo, you are a partner with God. Olimu kozi wamune katonda. God has a share. Katonda inamu omugabo. That's why he told us. Yensongaru wachi ya tugamba. Will a man rob God? Omu ntu ananyaka katonda. Yet you have robbed me. Ngate munyaze. And then you say how have we robbed you? Kadine mugamba munyaze mutya. He said you have robbed me. Nagama munyaze. Tithe and offerings. Ubiwe waine mwe bya 10. He said bring your tithe and offerings. Nagamu lete bwebwe mune mwe bya 10. All this house. Munyumba yange. Into my storehouse. Munyumba yange. All this nation. And see whether I do not open the windows of heaven. I brought you blessings. That you shall have no room. Why does it call? Why does it call it robbery? Because in that occupation, in that job, God has a share. Katonda gulina ko omugabo. It's a, you know, you are sharing with God. Ogabana ne katonda. You are there as a physical person. Gori wongo muntu alabika. To work. Okukola. He has an input. Yena ye ainamu omugabo. He bless, he will bless your work. Ne ya inacha yongera koku mulimu ogo. Mungeri yoku omu kiso mulimu ogo. Amen. Amen. Because he said, I'll give you rain in its season. I'll give you this. I'll rebuke the devourer. That one who comes to fail your work. Who comes to fail your business. To devour. The Lord says, I will rebuke him. So God blesses you with good health. And with energy, and with wisdom, the mind to work and to do the right thing, that people will appreciate. It is God who gives it to you. You can say, oh, I'm, I'm wonderful. I make a wonderful I make wonderful products. Don't boast yourself of your wisdom. But boast in the Lord. Recognize God's grace. It is God who gives you power to make profit. To make wealth. There is a scripture that says like that. That he gives us power to make profit. So he's the one who gives us power. To do whatever we do. And not only that. God brings a blessing. He gives you. He's the one who gave you that job. And he gives you favor. Before your bosses. And before your clients. And before your customers. And for you you are there. Working. In that field, as a physical representative, but God is with you. He's working with you, and He's giving you success. It is God who gives you success. As a child of God, it's not your 
wisdom. It's not your strength. It's not by your power. It's by the grace of the living God. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we the believers, we trust in the living God. We prosper because the Lord has made us prosperous. We live because the Lord has made us to live. So you see, you have your duty there and God is involved. Amen. Amen. Don't you want the Lord to be involved? Don't you want to take the Lord with you? Yes. A believer will not want to walk without God. He wants to go with God wherever he goes. And whatever he does. That's why you ought to pray before you move out. That's why you ought to pray before you open your shop before you open your business. Praise God. In the message of adoption which we know as to be a powerful message as the pressing I mean as the blessing of a son blessing of a son which is uh, compared with God dividing Canaan, the promised land to the children of Israel and say God your your place is there in the west or in the east wherever you put him and you will grow corn and you Neftal he gave each tribe a a portion in the promised land. And our promised land today is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then God puts uh, places us in our position in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost is big. It's a big promised land. In it there is preaching. There is a there is an area in the land. In it, there is healing. In it, there is prophesying. In it, there is seeing visions. God blessing you in your position in the promised land. But read that message of adoption properly. You find Brother Bram said some are predestinated in the promised land to be mechanics. Others to be farmers. Others to be housewives. Others to be doctors. And that is in the promised land. And this is a spiritual land. Remember the promised land of the New Testament. Is not physical. But it is spiritual. It is the Holy Spirit. 
and it is so it is so uh so set by god god is so concerned about your inheritance in the promised land that before the world was created he chose that place for you he said when these Hebrew mothers were giving birth to the, to the children, these are wives of Jacob. When they were giving birth to those children, they would scream, they would groan a name. And of the place where this child will inherit. As you know, when women are under that pain of childbearing, when the traveling under those bath pangs, they, they, they kind of lose their minds. Women, they kind of, they speak as if they have lost their minds. They cannot control what they say. And now these women, these Hebrew mothers, they would say, they would say, the place in the in Canaan, where that child, because that child meant a whole tribe. Because those 12 children, they were going to multiply into 12 tribes. Each one making a tribe. God, Nephtal, Judah. That becomes a whole tribe. And now in birth pains, say she would say Hebron. I'm giving an example. And that child will occupy Hebron. Because the man who made them to, uh, to divide the promised land for them was Joshua. And Joshua is a type of the Holy Spirit. Joshua had to be divinely inspired to give each tribe the right place for it that God purposed and set in his mind before the foundation of the world for that tribe to inherit in Canaan. Joshua did not have an idea of what the mother of the, the patriarch of that tribe mentioned in her birth page. Let's say the mother of Judah. She spoke something. 
Yuda ye mukadavamu ekikacha Yuda. Yuda is the patriarch that the tribe of Judah came out of. So Joshua did not have an idea. Joshua what she said. But because he was inspired by God. He would end giving the right place that the mother uttered when he was giving birth to the patriarch who produced that tribe. Mama eyazala omukadde yava mu ekikecho kye yayogera So we are what we are as children of God atulyecho kye tulinga bana bakatonda ba spiritual inspiration okuita mukulungamizibwo ko moyo by spiritual guidance okuita mukulungamizibwo ko moyo we don't just see you know venture into things tetugezesa bugezesa bintu we don't just venture. Your life is set before the foundation of the world. It's planned before the foundation of the world. I never planned to be what I am today. My plans were very different. My ambitions were but here I am in the pulpit I never intended that I never planned that I planned something different I planned it I dreamt it I started it but now I'm something different. Because our ways are ordered of the Lord. Before the foundation of the world, I was to be holding a microphone and preaching in the pulpit, on radios, radio, in opening air crusades, winning souls, hunting for the, for the combats. That's what God proposed me to do. I have traveled on land. I have traveled in the air. I have traveled on water. Sail on water. I have traveled on bicycles. On border borders. In rotten buses. In bad cars. I've slept on the roadside. I have flooded in the air because of this calling. That's what God passed past my, my journey to me. I cannot be any other thing apart from that. Now, you also, every one of you, before even your mother gave birth to you, God ordained you to be something. And God is going to adopt you into that calling. He's going to bless you. And it is the Holy Ghost calling. It's God is calling for you. So take it serious. Yeah, don't take it lightly. Now, some of those callings, they are not seemingly callings to the kind of 
thinking. You mean in the promised land. You mean in the land of the Holy Ghost. You mean before the foundation of the world. God is economy. God is purpose and calling. Is for me to be a housewife. Huh? They take it to be small. But we are what we are because of our housewives. She can ruin your life. She can establish your life. She can ruin your calling. She can establish it. She can make you useless. She can make you useful. By what you find in her. Yeah, some men have ended up being completely useless ruined they have failed great missions because of what they married so a housewife is not a small calling no way it's a very important calling. And God called you to be a housewife. Today we are making so many marriages here. And some people think speckled bird is very blessed. And some people think, ah, why are people marrying too much? Maybe. People, people are too kind. What do you want them to do? Marriage Marriages of God. It is a calling of God. It is a wonderful thing. It's good to marry. And have a family. Amen. Amen. And here we are. You must realize you sister. Why you are being married to that brother. It is a calling. It is a blessing. It's a blessing. It's an adoption. It's a blessing of a child of God. In his position. And you must realize it. Just for you to be a housewife. And you serve that man that you think is nothing. He's weak. Is a whatever you think he is. And you raise his children. And you take care of him. And you set that home in order. A home to be. That when visitors come, they live happy. And you 
it is you take away the stress from the brother because as he's there working he's conscious everything is going on well at home everything is going on well among the children among the visitors everything is going on well and I have a good home to return when I'm tired, when I'm weary. That is a great divine calling. Praise God. And then God calls you to be a mechanic, to be a doctor, to be a farmer, wherever, whatever God has given you to do. You, the believer, Although you are working with unbelievers, your case is there in that place is different. Amen. Your case there is different. You are on a divine duty. You are on a divine mission. Amen. Amen. One of them is to be a witness of Jesus Christ in that place. Praise God. That's one of them. That God still have sons and daughters on earth reflecting his glory in his life to the earth. There is a person who came to Brother Branham's church and got saved. So one time, he was asked what attracted him. He said, is it the sermon that I preached? What touched you? He said, no, it's not the sermon. It's not anything. But there is a man I work with from this church. I've always watched him, seen the life that is around him, and I've always hungered for it. I desired to have what he has because I noticed he got that from his religion. Yes. We wow. That is the son of God. In his position. He's at the post of duty where God put him. Amen. Amen. That is one. One reason why you are there. Second reason. As you work. Even your earnings, the fruits of your labors. Because he said, I will bless the work of your hands. So the fruits of your labors, God has an input. And he has a share. 
Amen. Amina. God has an input. The favor you got there is not yours. You can just lose it. God took away your hand and his hand. That's when you know you can lose that favor. So it's God who gave you that favor. And therefore, in whatever little you earn, there is a portion for God. For you not giving him his portion, that's why he calls you a robber. Not even a thief. A thief stillfully takes away. But a robber forcefully, aggressively, sometimes he even first hurts. He first assaults. He he, he breaks one's hand or hits an hand bar on the head or then it takes away you know forcefully so God looking at the church the believer God complained Say, shall a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. So you are cast. You are cast with a curse. Return to me. I return to you. And yet you say, wherein have we robbed thee? He said, you have robbed me. In tithe. And offerings. You see, many times when preachers preach, either even the perception of the people or what they say, the preachers, they only talk all the perceived only tithes. From the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I'll return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But he said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open ye the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing uh, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. Okuva kuna kuzaba jaja mwe ngamuchu koku chama mbila girobyange so temumbi kwa tanga mudejendi nange Jemuri, bwayogera mukama oweje. Na yemu ogera antitunada tutia. Omuntu alinyaga katonda. Na yemu munyaze. Na yemu munyaganze. Na yemu ogera antitunada tutia. 
mwanyagako ebitundu ebyekumi nebiwebwayo mukolimidwa ekikolimo echo kubanga munyaganze egwanga lino lyonna mulete ekitundu ekyekumi ekiramba mugwanika enyumba yange berenga mu emere era munkeme nacho bwayogera mukamo weje obanga siri bagulirawo ebitundu ebyomuguru nemba fukira omukisa ne watabana banga wegulija and i will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground neither shall your vine cast have fruit before the time uh, before the time in the field says the lord of hosts erandi nenyo muri kulwamwe so talizikiza ibalabya mwe so no muzabibu kwa mwe teguri kunkumuka ko bibalabya ko and all nations shall call you blessed for you shall be a delightsome land says the lord of hosts Irama wanga gonna gariba itaba mukisa kubanga muliva mulivansi esanyusa bayogera mukama weje Yeah so what you you work kati chokolerera God has a share katonda china mu mugabo He has input aina chaba tademu yeah, you cannot stand on your two feet and tell God there is nothing you have put in my work. Unless you're, you're, you don't fear God. God has input. That's why he said, I'll rebuke the devourer. And he said, even your vine shall not cast up fruits before season. So, God has input. And he has a share. What is God's share? He said, tithe and offerings. You know, messy believers, they think Speaking about tithe and offerings is only for Pentecostals. That is the curse that they have. But it is of Christians. This is a word for Christians. Tithe. That is a tenth of all that you ever earn. Then offerings is a free will. Although even the tithe you should give cheerfully. The Bible says the Lord is delighted with a cheerful giver. A believer is very cheerful and happy to see that he has given God what belongs to him. And then offerings. You know, I wasn't intending to speak about this in my preaching. But I'm glad I'm doing so. Offerings. When it comes time to give offerings, you must have a portion you have set aside for God. God. Some people, especially in denominations, which denomination spirit people came into this truth with it, they 
forgive for the sake of taking a shame from uh, to, to appease shame, to take a shame and you find people tapping one another no, pa, no, pa, no, no, give me also something and I take so, no, you know, okay, come, and this one pulls out something and he, pa, you know, give me also the, to be seen that's not the purpose for giving what does it cost to you giving is an offertory is a sacrifice David Dawudi went to give sacrifice and people who loved him as their king as their pastor they gave him animals to give. He said, I can't take free. I have to pay. They said, no, we love you so much, our king, and we you. To sell to you. He said, if I'm to offer it to God, I cannot offer God what has costed me nothing. So an offering is not something that someone gives you to give. Give me also. So that they can see me take it. It is something that has costed you something. You're parting with something that you like, that you love, that you're giving it. Praise God. Now, when we have any program as a church, you have already seen a, a trustee come here treasurer for the ministry. Brother Martin, Brother Martin, and he tells you, we want to buy this. We want to buy amplifier. We want to make a studio. We have a missionary program. We want to buy speakers. And he is calling upon you to give. Sometimes they read to you personally. Yeah, maybe they create a WhatsApp group and say, well, here we are. We are, we are contributing for this. WhatsApp group. And it's very possible that some people feel burdened. They say, why me? It's always a brother of this and they give, 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 give. If you're the kind that feels burdened, it's because you are lacking revelation. And I want to advise you. Don't bother yourself. Don't be don't participate. Because if you're giving it as a bother, you are not going to be blessed. But this is the right spirit of it. It is a great opportunity to be called upon to do something in the support of the kingdom of God. It's a great opportunity. 
And for your information, every person spends on some God. Others work and they earn money to give it to men. Because these days women buy men prostitutes. He buys a boy, he buys him a car to be his lover, her lover. Others spend their money that they struggled for so much and they spend it on women who are not their wives. Yes. And you find the man is going nowhere. He's earning to spend on a God. On a female God. And others are spending on drinking. Others are spending on the God of sports. Sport betting and even sponsoring and committing themselves to those things. What a, a blessing. What an opportunity. What an honor. God calling me to spend on his kingdom. Even our energy and usefulness we could be spending it yes we could be spending it I told you that there is something that I really dreamt that I desire to become I desire to become a soldier I studied I wanted to enter army when I'm Highly, you know, qualified. That's what, that was my dream. Most of my people have been soldiers. And I think it's a trait in, in, our, in our family. And I wanted to become that. But if I'd become that, I would be weared out, weared out, the way I'm wearing out in the pulpit, running out and serving the world, that has no really Worthy reward for me. And not only that, I would be spending my money on those other gods that I've mentioned. And my time and energy, I'll be spending it on that, which the pay would be death. So, God calling me to spend my talent to spend my energy my life 
in his service my creator and the reward is eternal life it's a great honor oh I thank him for counting me worthy to be a vessel that he can use in his kingdom Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when we are called upon to serve, it is not a burden. Your calling is not to hold a, a microphone and a Bible to preach. Your calling is to wake up in the morning, go work. And God blesses you and asks you for offerings and ask you for tithes as his person worth his input. And more and less than his input. Because it's almost him. It is it's almost his input. He's the one who created you. You are also his capital. You are his input. The all of you. And even given you a thinking mind. It's him who Giving you light. And you're, and you're not blind. Even if you're blind. But he gave, he gave you something else that can work. So it's all his offerings. And he asks you for offerings. Offerings are becoming Offerings of many kinds. Even if it is uh, sourcing money for this pulpit, you're going to give an offering. God has asked you for something small. And he promised you that if you'll be faithful in doing that, he'll open the windows of heaven and he'll pour blessings upon you and you lack room to place them. Brethren, David said, I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I can also say I was young, but now I'm old. I've not seen a faithful person in giving God his portion and his poor. I've never seen such a person. He's not there. Prove me. God says, Munkeme. and see whether or not open the windows Madinisa. of heaven and pour blessings and you lack room. We are not seen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. He never fails. Brother Bram said, Brother Bram Yagamba, God will never owe anybody. Katonda Talibanjiwa Muntu Yena. He will never owe you. Katonda Tori Muvanja. No man will say, God, I gave you and you didn't pay back. Te wari muntu arigamant katona nakuwa te wansa sula. He will never owe anyone. Talibanjiwa muntu yena. Pays you and more abundantly than what you have given. He will never owe you. 
Toli mubanja. How can I say I owe God? Nyinzanjyo gamanti katona mubanja. What was I before? And what he has made me. He has given me a hundredfold. So what, what, what do I owe him? Oh, what does he owe me? I mean, it's the other way around. What does he owe me? Nothing. He has given me more than I deserve. Praise God. He never owes any man. He pays. So Ruth serving. Amina. Amen. Leave this satanic mind of Mfuniramuwa. Vakundoze ni echisitani ntinze Mfuniramuwa. Bojawano. When you come here. Katuwano wala aboruganda. They are brethren. Bazewano. They have come here. They struggle night and day to make sure services reach you. Brother Patrick's, they are here. And others who are here, many of them, others are not seen by the camera. It's easy for someone to ask himself, where do I gain from? That is satanic. That is being, you know, if, if, if the devil ever speaks to you like that, he will be very, he will be, you should detect him as, a, as just a wicked fellow who is trying to, to divert you and, and to waste you and to destroy your blessings. Serving in my father's kingdom is a blessing. I don't even serve even to get back. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my father and to accomplish it. To see that the work of my father is done. That is delicacy to me. That is my mate. That is my joy. Brother Branham, his girlfriend asked him. Girlfriend or brother Branham? He had a girlfriend. girlfriend. But a decent friendship. He was still a young man. And he went with a friend. And they went with girls. Which brother Bram, when he noticed the, 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 the conduct of this girl, brother Bram just made a corner. But the girl offered him a, a, a cigarette. Say, ah, no, ma'am. I don't smoke. She said, a few, few minutes ago you told me you don't drink. And the other time you told me you don't dance. And now you don't uh, smoke. Then where do, you, where do you find your joy? Brother Bram said, my joy is to win souls to the Lord. 
That is my joy. Yes. We wow. And that was the joy of Jesus Christ. My meat. My meat is to do the work of my father as to finish it. For this reason was I born. I was born to do that. To serve God. So where do you gain from? It's joy unspeakable. And full of glory. To do, to do, to make a contribution to the work of my father. It's worth spending for. And to be spent for. You spend and you spend. Spend yourself in the work of God. Praise God. Lucy, laboring, Ruth serving in the field of the man who was going to give her rest. Who was going to reward her? All that she lost. It was going to be rewarded. By this man. Praise God. Jesus Christ. Is our restoration. To restore us the very purpose. Why we were created by God. It's restored by Jesus. Yes, we were not created to serve sin. We were not created to die. We were not created to, to life to end here on earth. But we lost it all in the fall. Like Ruth had lost her husband. And now she finds restoration. Husband. Life, peace, rest in Boaz and more than what she lost. Now when she's gleaning and serving in the field of Boaz, she is working in the right place of her inheritance. Let me ask you, when Ruth married Boaz, what was her shares in that field? It was hers. Yes. When we serve Jesus, what is our shares in the kingdom of God? It is ours. The kingdoms of this world will be the kingdom of our God. And his pride. Praise God. So when we are serving in the kingdom of God, Rwanda, he told us, lay not your treasures on earth where cockroaches destroy and thieves corrupt. 
and uh, and corruption destroyed but lay your treasures in glory so how much have you put up there how much have you you know deposited there there is a man who called brother branham brother branham brother branham brother branham you see he prayed for his daughter and she got healed of cancer. And the man came looking for him. And with a big check. It was worth billions and billions of money here in Uganda. One time we did a calculation on the black Uganda. Looking at what that check was, was worth. It was billions. Like someone can come and offer me billions. Brother Branham refused it. He said, I cannot be paid for what I did not do. I didn't heal your daughter. Jesus healed your daughter. He turned it down. And when the man insisted, he got and told him. I don't want and then, uh, because Brother Branham, God had revealed to him that what destroys preachers is the love of money, the love of women, and love of fame. He tried his best to start And now, when that topic closed, the man now started narrating to him. Ah, uh, you see. I live in such a place. You see that a bank in such and such a place that is mine. And you know such and such a bank I have so many shares. And you, you know that big ranch in Chicago that big ranch miles of it's mine. He showed him a lot of things. At the end of it all, Brother Bram told him, excuse me, sir. May you look up now. Look up. He he looked up. He said, you have showed me too much that you have here. But can you tell me how much you have up there? There was nothing. So I'm asking you, church, how much have you deposited up there? said, don't deposit down here. But deposit your wealth on the accounting glory. Amen. So, let us go back to the topic. When you give your tithe, you are serving God. Because what you worked for spent your energy for, you are you're being faithful to God to give him his portion. So when you are there working, you are working for your family and for, for God. Is that right? When you're working there, you're working for your stomach, for your family, and for God. Because that offer, the money you're going to get there, you're going to spend a portion. 
the building of the church. You're going to spend a portion to buy a microphone that Pastor Gideon is going to preach through. You're going to give tithe that Pastor Gideon will have a Saturday and other preachers will have also something in the form of tithe. That's what you're doing. And when he said, give your tithe and offerings that my house will not lack food. Brother Bram said, your storehouse is the place where you get your spiritual food. Your spiritual food. The ministry that feeds your soul. That is your storehouse. That every service. You take a plate. To pick spiritual food. Now that spiritual food. Is put there. By laborers. By ministers. And those ministers. They need what? They need an income. And their whole life is spent on the ministry. And as you give your tithe, they are paid. I wonder why sometimes preachers fear to preach the things. And then people don't fear to ask suddenly increment at their places of work. They even riot. We teachers are demonstrating. Doctors are demonstrating. Because they want more an increment. But preachers, they fear to talk about tithe. That people will think they are greedy for money. Why don't they think a doctor is greedy for money? When he leaves the patients to die. Because the government has not increased their salary. No, it's not greedy for money. No. Preachers, they are serving God. And as they serve God, God promised to take care of them through what every individual in the ministry is giving. Amen. And because God has that responsibility to take care of preachers, so he he will bless you but he has a, a share and his share he will use to pay preachers his shares he will use to buy a microphone his share he will use to prepare a studio his shares he will use to prepare an amplifier to buy an amplifier in your job, in your occupation, in your contract, he will use 
to run his ministry. He has a project on earth. God has a project. God is an investor. He's investing into souls of men. And he has vessels. Human. Physical. Many living vessels. And living vessels. Everything in his kingdom that he uses to win souls and to run the ministry is his personal responsibility to buy, to sponsor. Amen. Amen. And how does he get the money? Because it's a physical job. He needs physical cash. And he's not physical himself. But he has physical branches on earth. And the physical branches is you. I'm the true vine. And the branches. Brother Bram said, God has no hands. He uses your hands. God has no feet. He uses your feet. I mean physical. In the physical world. In Uganda world. God has no feet in Uganda walking and touching and walking. But to you. So you being his servant. His vessel. You go do a physical work. You get a physical salary. Or a physical earning. Or a physical profit. To give to his physical work. That is going, here, going on here in Uganda. And he promised he will bless you. He has an input. He's not asking you to favor him. It's not a burden. He's not burdening you. He just wants to be a partner with you. To work with you in the field. Boaz did not sit there and just watch servants work. Boaz came, even got involved in the field, working with his servants. And Ruth was among them. So Jesus Christ is also involved. He comes to work with us in the serving of souls, in the running of the ministry. Jesus, our Boaz, our kinsman is with us. And we are partners with him. We are co-workers with God. The Bible says, and they went everywhere, the disciples, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. God working with them. Proving and confirming the word they preach with signs following. He has never left working with us. He is still working with us. He is still here with us. Even whatever we are going through, he is with us. Even in this lockdown, Jesus is here. He's working with us. He's taking care of us. He said, Fear not. 
Kutia. I am with you. Brother Branham said every man that God ever calls he has a responsibility to win souls. And he told us every one of us is a missionary directly or indirectly. He told us if you are not going Support the one that is going. If you're not going, support the one that is going. Praise God. By supporting the one that is going, you're a missionary. And then he said, people are lacking the passion, the burden for the lost souls because they are lacking revival. And when you lack revival, it means your backslid. Your backslid. That's why you are lacking the burden. It means you are lacking the Holy Spirit. Either you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit or you grieved him. He's not there. That's why you are lacking passion. Even you lack passion for your father and mother coming to the Lord. Even for your siblings coming to the Lord. Because even you yourself, you are not in the kingdom. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Or if you are there, you are a prodigal son. That's why you are lacking burden for souls. But he said every man that meets Christ he wants to share it with somebody else. And when you are doing that you are serving. I was praying the other night and it came in my mind to have a movement that will call come and see. Come and see movement. How many want to be part of it? Come and see movement movement is this. The Samaritan woman met the Messiah. After meeting the Messiah, she didn't want to wait to hear more. That little that she has had, she ran to her neighbors and called them, come and see. Come and see. She brought them to Jesus and they sat there before him and Jesus taught them. And after his preaching, his teaching, they said, now we believe not because of what she told us, but because we've heard from ourselves. So the come and see movement, I want to be committed and devoted and available to you that you gather your neighbors 
you gather your friends you gather your workmates and invite me that is how we want to do it you just you just make an arrangement and invite me call me say pastor I have my workmates. I've arranged with them that you come and share with them. I have my workmates. I have my neighbors. I have arranged them. Give us a day when you'll come and speak to them. Praise God. I was in Semuto on Wednesday. We had a service. They brought a, the, the, there was a man whom they have been preaching to and, uh, and they had not decided to but when uh, he had the word he made his decision to be baptized. Baptized him. The pictures were posted on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, because I posted them also on, on our WhatsApp. Then that was on Wednesday. Then on Friday, I was in Sanji. We had fellowship. The, the other week, the other Thursday, Friday, a certain lady had believed. She comes all the way from Matuga. Sister Maxi, she's in a tie, she's in a, in touch with them. Sister Maxi, you know, Sister Max then is she has a gift and Sister Maxi, some people come for that and then and that is how the Antebe Church was born. Antebe Antebe group group was born. And now there's another group in Matuga. Group I hear there's another group. And now this lady, she came. She had the preaching. I was preaching about Abraham and his decision and calling and, and his change of clan from the old family thing now to a child of Abraham to, to, to a follower of God. And when we follow Christ, we become children of Abraham. And whatever God promised Abraham is lotted to us. And the woman believed. And this time, on this previous uh, Friday, I was there again and still shared. And a young man and another woman, they also believed. Yes, Brother Wamala was telling me those people have been coming to the church, to, to, to the service but had never taken a decision. He was very happy now they had decided maybe next Sunday we shall baptize them. Huh? The other time I was here with a young man Brother Mujisha Edison, Brother Mujisha Edison just introduced him Yamwanjula. He found him to be an enthusiastic man seeking truth and he introduced him to our YouTube. The young man showed me his phone. It was full of our videos here that are on YouTube. He has, de he has decided to be baptized to follow the message. That is how we work for God. Come and see 
maybe oboliao the the ministry obweleza to introduce messiah to people obo kwanjulira masia abantu by preaching okuita mukubolira is not in you tebuli mugwe it was not in that samaritan woman tebuali mumuchalo lyo musamaria but she could gather her acquaintances for Jesus to preach. I am not the Messiah. But I, I am a preacher who can show them the Messiah. Messiah is Jesus. Messiah is the revealed one. God put it in me to preach to people to see Messiah. Maybe for you, you never put that in you. But surely, you can gather your acquaintances. You can do what the Samaritan woman did. She did not preach to them. She just called them to come and see to make to avail themselves to him. How many will want to be part of that movement? God bless you. There are a people who are the few who are here they have raised their hands ah, and I believe also in your house you are, you, somehow you have raised your hands let us be doing that and that is serving God Amen, Amen. Brother Bram talks about a woman Brother Bram who had a burden on her heart for her community to come to the Lord to hear the gospel. So he said she went and prepared a tent, a shelter. A chidala with natural materials prepared a shelter. And then she uh, she made tracts. No, no, not tracts, handbills. Just writing on people. And then she, co- she went and told her pastor. Pastor, I have a burden on my heart for my community. It is so burning that if you don't come and preach to them, I will die. So pastor accepted. He came. And this woman, her neighbors gathered. Sorry, uh, uh, I mean, she invited them. And she made, uh, you know, seats. Everything. She made everything. She arranged everything. When the pastor came. He preached the gospel. There was no one. He preached to a empty place. In the following day, preach. Another day come. No people. Preach. Empty seats. Maybe they could hear from far. And then on the last day, because it was to last a service, 
I mean, it was to last for a week. A young man in overalls came and sat and the pastor preached his heart When he made an altar call, the young man moved to the he gave him his life to Jesus. And that young man is Dwight Moody. And Dwight Moody, he made one million canvas to Christ. But as that not an effort of a woman, he wins such a soul winner that sends a million souls to heaven. When Dwight Moody will be crowned, that woman will be crowned. Brother Brother, in another place, he talks about uh, an evangelist who went and won so many souls. And then one time, God shows him a, a dream. If it was a dream or a vision that uh, we had reached heaven. We had reached heaven. And then rewards were being given. And as the rewards were being given, uh, the, he realized the turn. Now it was his turn. And on his table there, there were two crowns. A bigger crown and a smaller and lesser glorious. And there he was with a woman in his church who was an old woman and he knew me and her were the ones for these crowns, they for us. And he knew the smaller one, the lesser glorious was for a woman and the bigger one and the most glorious was his, the pastor. And then he was called upon. He was given the smaller crown. And then the other lady was called upon. Was given the bigger crown. And then the man wondered why. I've won many, many sources. This old woman was just a member of my church. How could she get the biggest crown? And the Lord told him in that dream of vision. Oh, your works, all your accomplishments, all the souls you won, it was a result of this woman. This woman, she remained in the church always and prayed and fasted. Even your commissions used to come as a result of, the, of her prayers. Even the inspiration that served those many sinners you are talking about was a result of prayers of this woman. So in other words, this woman warned those souls on her knees. 
praise God. Rude serving. We must be on our post of duty. People don't understand. That one day we are going to be asked to account. What we used for what we were given. Everything God has. I see their sisters here. Hey, there is a sister there, Sister Mona. She's on the computer. Yes, the Deborah here. She's on the camera. We have sisters. We have sister, you know, uh, uh, Hannah here. Sister Hannah in the singing. Now, the sister, God gives you the knowledge of computer, computer, software, software, knowledge, amagezaga software. And uh, you know, uh, computer. I got computer. Knowledge of that realm. Amagezi, I go mutendi. I don't have that. Nzetu sitchidina at all. Yade. I'm only a preacher. Nzendi mubuli zibubuli. And my joy is to go in the bush. Era sanyuli yangu kwenye ngansiko. And pray. If I can find myself in a bush praying, I'm in my right place. So I don't have much interest even to learn those things because they are not my calling. But God gives you that knowledge. And when I'm being asked, when I'm what I did with the gift he gave me of reading the word and expounding it and direct it to the heart of man turn it to God. You'll be asked what you did with that knowledge. Don't you think you just acquired that knowledge? Uh, anyhow, for the sake of survival in this world. No! The world people they can Acquire it for anything. But for you as a believer, never compare yourself with the people of the world. For them, they have nothing to answer about that. They'll be asked to answer why they didn't accept Christ. But for you, you'll be asked to answer more than what, more than that. To him whom, to whom more is given, more will be asked. For you, you are given to know Christ. Then you are given to acquire skills. You are given a talent. You are given a gift. 
You see when the Lord talks of talents that were given. I've had many times when we have a session of questions and answers. This question has often come. What's the difference between talent and gift? In one way, they are the same. And in another way, the talent may be slightly different. Uh, in one way, a gift of a preacher is in the category of a, or a singer or a musician. It can be a category in the categorized as a talent that was given. But in another way, uh, a talent may not be like a spiritual gift. It can be like what I've already described. Yeah. It's a knowledge that you have gained by God. He teaches you. He trains you. And open your understanding to a certain knowledge that you must use in his kingdom. And then for you, you think it's just for, for the world. You'll be asked to give account. You'll account for what you used it for. People don't understand what ministry is. That's why Brother Bram told you, even a housewife, even a farmer, that is, that is his share in the promised land and is placed there by the Holy Ghost. The farmer placed there by the Holy Ghost to be a housewife. Placed there by the Holy Ghost to be an accountant. Placed there by the Holy Ghost to be an engineer, to be a doctor, to be a mechanic by the Holy God. You see? And then you will, you will be asked to give an accountability. Ruth serving. Praise God. Ruth is serving. In the field. Of the kinsman redeemer. In the field of Boaz. Our Boaz is the Lord Jesus Christ. After you have decided. Brother Bram said. Brother Bram Yagamba, deciding. Is justification. When you decided to follow Christ. That was Justification. After justification, enter a phase of this heavenly journey. 
called serving. You got to serve. And when Boaz came in the field, that is what attracted him to this girl. Say, who, who is this damsel? Who is this damsel? What attracted him was the character of a serving person. Hallelujah! Amen. That's what attracted him. That's what attracted Eliezer. He said, Lord, I'm here at the well. And the daughters of men come here to draw water at such a time as this. But the dancer who will come here and she serves me water and also serves my camel. I hear a camel can take canus can drink about 40 gallons. But I hear she had four camels. Is it four? I think it was four. Because some were carrying gifts and things and things. And now feeding them meant feeding them ebidomolanga like 200 jerrycans of water. You have to be a very hard working girl. And remember she's not told why she's doing that. It must come from her character. She's not expecting any reward. This is a stranger. Tired with tired camels. I must do something to revive the strength of this stranger and his animals. No reward. She's not expecting any outcome. And then she reaches down into the well. Powers in the feeding trough. And the camel swallows, 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 even in the natural, even on Jesus Christ. Even in the natural. A man looking for a right wife. He should look at, that is the, the outstanding, the, the, main, the main character. To look at. Serving. The Bible says, Bible who can find a virtuous woman? She rises very early and feeds her family. She goes very far and plants a vineyard. Ah. 
And she gets her food from very far. And she makes her husband honorable in the community. That's a virtuous woman. The Bible does not talk about a woman who plates her hair and sets them very well. And she, she just cleans her nails and cleans her, her feet and brushes them and, and perfumes herself. That's not the virtuous woman. The Bible talks of a hard-working woman. She gets her food from afar. She buys a yard. And she plants a vineyard. She wakes up early in the morning. And she takes care of those who are in his ha- her house. The Virtue. She's so expensive. It does not talk about women who wake up in the morning and make themselves up. Those who stay in the bedrooms. Doing makeup. That's not a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman is a hardworking woman. Even in the physical. Physical. In the physical. She's a hard-working woman who adds value to her husband by working to her family, to her children. That's a virtuous woman. Even spiritually, that's the kind of wife Jesus is coming for. He's coming for a believer who is serving if I were a young man looking for a woman to marry, I would look for that. I would look for the servants. I mean, Serving doesn't mean those who sing or whatever. That's not what I mean. That's also serving. That's also serving. But I mean a girl who is on the forefront in the things of God. She's active. She's laboring. She's adding value to the kingdom of God. Either by prayers, or by fasting, or by giving, or by getting involved. How, how much is that characteristic in this girl? How much is that characteristic of serving. Ruth is serving. When we start to weigh characteristics, that is the characteristic that should be looked at if you're seeking for a woman to marry. How much is that? Huh? 
How much is she involved in the things of God? Either in prayers, or in fasting, in giving, in attending to the things of God. Because you are a priest. Now you as a servant of God, you ought to get yourself a woman who adds value to you. Who enables you who enables you to serve. A woman that you live at home and go preaching, you're going to spend a whole week there. And she remains on her knees praying, pleading, so that the sinners may get saved. But if she's not yet married now, but she's not bothered about that, She's wish-washing. Even to pull her out of her room to join the family in prayers. It is struggling. And when she comes in the sitting room or in the prayer room, she seeks for an object to lean upon. She's like a jellyfish seeking to lean upon something. There are such people and even now I'm describing them and some of them are saying it's good I don't come at your place. My brother said it's not good for the pastor to visit people so much. As he will be preaching, they will say, he saw me, now he's speaking about me. When she comes in the sitting room, she seeks for an object to lean upon. Whether a chair or a table or a wall. She cannot stand straight. It's like she doesn't have a backbone. Now when she seeks for someone to lean upon, she keeps silent. When you sing, you'll never hear her voice. It's like she's not there. When you clap your hands, you'll never hear the sound of a hand clap. When you start praying, you'll never hear a voice coming out of her. You'll never hear it. I don't know what's wrong with her. It's like she's not there. And you marry such a woman. She has heard. And you marry such a girl. For you, you are minister. What value is she going to add on to you? Just to produce children. That she won't be able to train. What the mother is, that's what her daughters will become. Even boys and girls. Most of the people, even boys and girls, leaders, even leaders, they become what they become because of their mothers. Not even because, not even very much, not very much because of their father. But 
but because of their mother. Abraham Lincoln, that's what Abraham Lincoln said. Whatever I am, the credit, the credit goes to a godly mother. Mange. Moses was Musa. trained by his mother. Mother, mother, mother. Mama what kind of a, of a woman are you taking? Praise God. Serving. Serving. Ruth serving. Losing. Praise God. Come out and it is the way. Ruth is serving. Lucy, Nawiriza. Amen. Amen. I would give so many examples. That are flooding my mind of, of serving of e women who serve God. When they serve their families. families. But you know, we are not just talking about women. Not just about sisters. We are talking about a believer. Because in one aspect, it is a natural woman. It's a natural woman. In another aspect, all of us, we are women. Because Jesus is the husband of us. He's our husband. All of us, male and female. In one aspect, all women. And what quality of a true church is serving. The main quality, the character, is serving. Ruth making decisions. Ruth serving. Losing away is serving. Oh my. If I could sing it in a song, sing chimba It sticks in your mind. Serving. What are you doing in the service of the Lord? Chichori mukola mukweleza katonda. We must serve our King. Take okweleza kabaka wafe. Our King's man redeemer. We must get involved in the cleaning in the field. This is ballet time. It's cleaning time. We need we have to get involved to make a harvest. To make things happen. Come with a handful. We are going to sing bringing in sheaves. We shall come rejoicing. Help me find what name it is. Then Ruth resting. Then Ruth rewarded. The resting is when he rest, she rested at his feet. It is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is when you have entered into his rest. Then Ruth rewarded. One of these days, we are going home 
Tugenda waka and no more laboring. Just rewarded. Nayenga tuwe wampera ya fe. Eternity forever. Mubuta kwa omi nebejona. Oh, praise God. Come out and there is a way. the Holy Spirit help drill it down in our heart that we find something to do for God when you're building a house there must be an element I want God's children to come here is fine to rest well. When you're planting a, go, a plantation, let God's children, let God be in the program. In the plan. When children, God's children come here. We eat. We and they relax. And have a good time. Everything. Everywhere you are choosing to settle to live, God must be part of it. Hallelujah. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness. Sowing in the noontime and the dew in, waiting for the harvest in the time of reaping. We shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. Oh, bringing in the sheaves. We shall come rejoicing. Come rejoicing, bringing in the sheep. 
sunshine So we need the shadow Fearing in the clouds No winter chilling breeze By and by the harvest In the labor ending We shall come We shall come with 
we give you glory and honor. Father, I pray that you help this someone to enter deep in the hearts of your children. That each one may know that we are in serious days. When no one should sit and gaze while others are working. That every one of us must be. Get, must get involved. It's our father's, uh, it's our father's business. Lord, the work of uh, the eternal kingdom. God help us, Lord. Help us to serve you more. And to add value to the kingdom. And to make our contributions, Lord. You have put us here on earth in this end time for a reason, Lord, to make the 11th our harvest. Lord, help us, Lord. Bless the brothers and sisters out there in their homes as they follow this service. Lord, let them make resolutions to live a different, a better life of service to God. And that's the right reason to live. That's the right reason to live for. Granted, Father, bless those that are here, Lord, that have come to serve Father, Lord, may you Bless their efforts and bless their sacrifices. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. God bless you all. Amen.